So, great big good morning. Great to have you joining me this morning. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair, and welcome to our studio audience. Welcome to those of you who are joining us across the country. Whether you're joining us live or archived, it's simply wonderful to have you here today. And today what we're looking at is this topic of a fresh start as it relates to relationship, as it relates to the stuckness that all of us can experience. I think that's probably a fairly universal human experience. We just, we feel stuck. And so the question becomes, well, what can we do? And what does God have to say about that? I want to give you a little background here on, on what I think some of this stuckness is and, and, and how we might be able to move through it. And, and it, it begins with just a couple of important caveats. First off, unstucking a relationship does not mean that every relationship works. I want to say that again. Getting a relationship to the point where it's unstuck doesn't mean that every relationship works. Not every relationship does. So I want to say that up first. And there's some relationships that actually are better for us to sort of put in the rearview mirror. And to move on, that was a relationship that worked for a season, and we're into a new place. And with all of that, it's really important, I think, to think through, yeah, there are these relationships that I really actually do cherish, that I do believe are really significant, and how, how can I get to unstuck these? How do I get to, to free these up to be the kind of relationships that I'm looking for, that I feel will make a difference out there into the world? So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. What we're gonna start with, folks, is a question here. We're gonna show this question several times during the service. What does love ask us to see in others? What does love ask us to see in others? And throughout the service, you can text that answer into me. What does love ask us to see? Because, because I think that's so much of the fresh start. And, and a lot of it, folks, is, is things that you already know. What does love ask us to see? So that's one part. And, and then what about this stuckness? Like, what is, what is so much of this stuckness about? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting watching and working with couples. I had a had first wedding of the season yesterday. Wonderful couple. And, and, you know, when I work with couples, a lot of time I'll make a comment, you know, oh, we've been together three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. And, and I'll say to them, I'll say, well, you folks have a script then already written, don't you? And they, they always look like, how did he know? Because we do. We get our scripts written. We know what our parts are with our arguments with our loved ones. And how do we sort of un unstick that stuff? How do we sort of break it apart? Because so much of life is is looking at life and we, we think, we think we've, we've got it. We think we've got it all wrapped up with a bow and we've got this judgment and this judgment and this judgment. And these judgments are all about what we quote unquote know about our partner. But we really know, we know exactly why they're doing things. We know all their motivations. We know it all. You can imagine, friends, how that's not a terribly wonderful place to be. Because what it does is it locks our partner, it locks our partner into a, into a prison of sorts. It locks our partner up. And they're in a place where they just can't get out anymore because we've, we've locked them behind all our judgments, all our quote-unquote knowing about them. And the problem with this, with this is, folks, is that, that when we lock people that way, 
it, it can create sort of these, these strange bedfellows. You know, I was thinking just some words I was playing around with. It can create sort of this, this, this you know, self-referential vindication. We're totally vindicated in all our judgments about others because we've got them locked up. They don't have a voice in this. And it also, over time, can create this sort of, and this is, this is, this is challenging, you know, this, this pleasure of contempt where it actually feels good to feel bad about another person. It actually feels good to feel bad about another person. And, and I think what we want to do is we want to break out of that. Like, like, God is always asking us to this. He's always pulling us to this. He's always pulling us, ready folks, for new forms of freedom. And just imagine, as we go to today's service, that you can just find a hair more freedom, just a little bit more freedom with your relationships and the blessings that's there. And it's not work that we kind of foist on other people. It's not necessarily just up to them, though that can be part of it. It's a place where we get that where it really starts is it starts with us. So, as the musicians come out here for our first song, just be holding in your head, you know, who are you thinking of today? What's the relationship you wish you could just unstuck a little more? You wish you could just, like, find a little more freedom, a little more breath. And then what we do is we go through today's service, we're going to build that. And hopefully you'll come out of here feeling pretty darn inspired. So with that, folks, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Hello. It's me I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet to go over everything they say that time's supposed to heal you but I ain't done much healing hello can you hear me I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. It's such a difference between us and a million miles. Hello from the other side I must have called a thousand times To tell you I'm sorry For everything that I've done But when I call you Never seem to be home Hello from the Hello, how are you? 
It's so typical of me to talk about myself. I'm sorry. I hope that you will. Did you ever make it out of that town where nothing ever happened? It's no secret that the both of us are running out of time. Hello from the other side I must have called a thousand times To tell you I'm sorry For everything that I've done But when I call you Never seem to be home Hello from the outside At least I can Wow, Rebecca. Wow. What a beautiful song. Thank you, Rebecca. So, so yeah, folks, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, like trying to look at this concept of where we're stuck. And, and how do we sort of free up these relationships? And I want to say that, that a lot of time with spirituality, it's, it's wonderful to be able to offer things, to be able to offer things that, 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 that can feel comforting and can feel like, like sort of, you know, they have the smell of homemade bread to them. Today's not that. <laughs> Today's about really trying to get us to look at it, which will have an element of challenge to it, actually. An element where we start to see faith. See, I, I think we can look at faith. You know, faith has to have a couple of components to it. It has to have one component that is about that comfort, about that knowing, no matter where you're joining us today. You know, God's with you. God's with you. And then it also has to have this other beautiful element as well of like God kind of pulling us towards a vision. A faith that can be fiercely challenging sometimes. And both are true. Both are places where we can use faith 
in new ways to, to, to see the world. Again, as we talked about last week, faith is sight. Faith that asks all the time, what is possible? What is possible? So with this, folks, I want to start out by saying that, that a lot of this is really challenging. You know, it's hard. It's hard to, when relationships are, are stuck, it's hard to change that. Incredibly hard to change that. I do this simple exercise with people, and it's a silly little exercise, but, but literally you get a printed piece of paper, if I'm working with a couple who's really stuck, and I get a printed piece of paper, I put it right up against their face, and I say, can you read this? And they go, no. The question becomes, well, why can't you read it? Because it is too close. Because it's too close. So maybe today we step back a little bit, we see it a little bit differently. Because that closeness, I think part of it is part of the heartbreak, and I love this phrase, infinity wounds the finite. Infinity wounds the finite. Those, those big, huge picture ideas we have of what could be and how the world could work comes up against a world that is very often broken. And does that feel painful sometimes, friends? You know, absolutely, that feels painful. What is infinite, what is infinite wounding, what is finite. And we have to remember this, folks. We are here to live an alternative story. I mean, Christianity, and, and, and as we see it in the new church, it's, it's not about a Christianity that just kind of like gets subsumed you know, by culture. It's actually, yeah, it's part of culture. It's clearly part of culture. It's part of the world. It's part of life. Even our jobs are whole, like those kind of basic things. But it also is this alternative for people who are looking for the world a little bit differently. Just yesterday, I was talking to a, to a dear friend. He lives way up in Syracuse. He watches online with his family. And, and he had a comment about this book we were sharing back and forth. And he was talking about that, and he said, yeah, you know what, I, I sense my life. It's moving away from that phase of accumulation to that phase of contribution. And, and that's where alternative community comes in. Like, how do we find those lives of meaning and, and, and that alternative story that we can live into? You see, this is the part, again, and I'm not going to have language that does justice to this. This is the part as well where it's not just a journey like my personal journey. It's something we have to do because there's a we to it. There's, there's a bigger picture to it, a bigger calling out there into community that we're asked to live into, sacrificially, actually. And that word sacrificially, as I say all the time, you know, sacrificial means to make sacred. So what are the challenges with this? Well, well the one I would start at is the idea that there's there's real limits and there's false limits. With any relationship, there's real limits and there's false limits. And it's so easy, I think, it's so easy, I think, to, to, to stand in a place, and we move into a place, and we say, okay, so these are what the real limits are. And when we stand in this place, we look and we say, these are the real limits, and the real limits are actually all about them. This is, I know everything about them, here it is. And they go through that list. In other words, that's those stones. They go through that list. 
And that's what we think real limits are to a relationship. Maybe we can do this together. Maybe we can do this today. Maybe we can do this a little bit more in our life. Maybe we can question that idea that maybe the actual real limit is not what we know about others. Quote, unquote, no. Maybe the real limits are what we think we know about others. Maybe that's what the real limit is. Maybe, maybe the real limit is that I believe that there are those stones that I can know absolutely about other people. Caveat here is always, of course, there's things we know about other people. It's not saying that. But it's saying, don't get trapped in your knowledge and your judgment. Judge not that ye be not judged. Don't get trapped in your judgments about others. And then the false limits that can grow, I think, you know, that we have to be aware of is that we can, when we get these false limits, we can, we can make these sort of ontological judgments about people. We'll be talking more about that next week. But these ontological judgments where we're, where we're just sure that this is actually, these judgments we're making are actually part of the nature of their being. They're actually who this person actually is at their very core. Is that dangerous work, yes or no? <laughs> you know, it's dangerous work when we start to do that. We have to be so careful. So folks, as we move through that, we have to look at what the possibilities are. And it's, it's interesting because I really do believe most people have a sense already of how to start to move through that. Because just imagine, going back to that question, what does love ask us to see in others? And those answers are beautiful. Just a handful of the answers that, that I got. Today, goodness and divine creation in others, free from my doubts, fears, and judgments. Seeing the qualities, the activities, the kindness, the potential. Love asks us to be our true selves. Even when we see ourselves, we're seeing each other in a true way. Love asks us to understand and accept. We can't change others to fit our ideal. From Georgia, someone writes, Love asks us to see what the Lord sees in each of us. A future angel trying to be better. That is good stuff. And from the Poconos, Love absolutely asks us to see others as their best selves. Now, now just imagine the world we start to create there, folks, and, and, and the way that the, the covenant can start to work. So as we, look at, as we look at covenant here, here's a beautiful quote from the Bible, and it's, and it's talking about covenant here. And, and again, God is always asking us to think about the way covenant can look. Covenant gets to this, this idea of a reimagined world. It's not just a contract. Like a contract goes like this, it goes back and forth. You know, I'll do this, you'll do that. A covenant says we're both joined together, and in that joining together, we're both looking outward. Here's, this is from the book Jeremiah. I will put my law in their mind and engrave it on their heart. No longer will one person teach a friend or sibling saying, no, Jehovah, from the smallest to the greatest, they will know me. 
That is such an incredibly powerful idea. Because, folks, I was thinking, so much of it, so much of it is trying to just create in our relationships a softness. It's trying to create in our relationships a not knowing. A curiosity of sorts. When we just get too much into what we know, we, we, we miss what God is talking about. Look at it this way, folks. Like here, that first covenant is about everyone. And then this second quote is about, and it's within. This is from Luke 17. The kingdom of God does not arrive where you are looking for it, nor do they say, here it is or there it is. Behold, you have the kingdom of God within you. So we start with that. That idea that, that everyone is part of this. You know, it's, it's just always interesting where people will ask, where, you know, where can I find God? Like, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Well, God's all over. You know, we can't be outside of the presence of God. Can we be asleep to it? Yes. Are we often asleep to it? Yes. But that doesn't mean that the presence isn't always there. It's there for everyone. And, folks, it's always there within. Again, that beautiful line, Behold, you have the kingdom of God within you. Now, what does that mean in terms of, of relationships? Well, that means this, even with our stuck relationships. Behold, they have the kingdom of God within them, too. That idea that it, that it goes back and forth, that yes, this is... This is a covenant with everyone. And this is something within. And that means as well that they're never outside of the covenant. And that they have something going on deep inside of them. My job may well be to find that. To seek it out. I won't find it that way. What I will find it with is, is if I can have a certain softness of heart. It's interesting, folks, you know, the, reading the Bible. And so much of the time, I think we can read the Bible very literally, again, like history, or, or read the Bible in a way that, that I find just much, much more enlightening, which is, which is poetically. That there's stories in here, and, and that these stories are to get us to poetically see things. See things of deep truth. See things of deep meaning. So this is a story I, I want to share with you. And, and it, it ends on this beautiful line. It's a famous story. I'm not going to go through the whole story because we've preached on it here before, but I'm going to hop right to the end. But just the context of it, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is this. It's the story of Lazarus. So Lazarus had died. He was... He was literally sitting in his, his grave, so to speak. And he had some friends who were also friends of Jesus. Jesus knew Lazarus. Lazarus finds out about it. He travels, and he raises Lazarus from the dead. A Lazarus moment, so to speak. And so Lazarus comes out of the grave. Graves at that time were sort of caves carved into hills. And then there's this beautiful line that Jesus says, the last command for him. He commands Lazarus to come out, and then he has this beautiful line. 
Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothing and let him go. Take off the grave clothing and let him go. I love that line. Because folks, I, I think that's what, like, I'm talking poetically here. I think we can bury people with our judgments. And what we can do is we can wrap around these bandages, wrap them so much where we're seeing all our wrappings no longer the person. And I think, not to overly strain the metaphor here, but, but you can see where that is deadly. That's not the spiritual life. That's not what love is asking of us. So I love that beautiful imagery, right? Of slowly unwrapping the bandages. Unwrapping them, unwrapping them. And here, I think, is the beautiful part. As we unwrap that, we free them. As we unwrap that, we free them. And I think probably some of you are already anticipating what I'm going to say next. <laughs> Guess who else we free? Ourselves. Ourselves. Because we're just not in that business anymore. Because we've got all these bandages we've wrapped around ourselves as well. That's not who God is asking us to be. God is asking us to be our true selves. Is that beautiful line from that person in Atlanta talked about, like, like that, that angel self just simply trying to be the best, trying to make that next step forward. That's what we're trying to be. So we, we learn to unwrap the bandages around other people. We, 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 do, we do that with ourselves. And I want to come back again to reiterate this. And none of this is easy. I, I, there's part of me that thinks, you know, if we think it's easy, we probably aren't listening. <laughs> We've probably made it way too simple. You should look at that part where you're sure, like, you've probably got a list. Oh, yeah, Chuck, I can do that with these nine people, but number 10, no way. Maybe that's our work, is to figure that piece out. Remember, it's not easy. Infinity wounds the finite, and we are called to live an alternative story. Infinity wounds the finite. And we are called to live an alternative story. If we're going to live this alternative story, folks, of course there's going to be pain. And of course it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to be challenging. And that doesn't mean we don't try to live the story. Matter of fact, those pains, that, that discomfort, that, that unease may be a sign we are actually living the alternative story. So as we do this, folks, as we move through, it's interesting, you know, working as a, as a pastor. I work with, with people who struggle all the time. And, and it's not that a pastor kind of sits outside of those struggles. No, we're, we're in the water, too. We're in the soup, too. And it's interesting to watch, you know, and over, over you know, years and years of doing this, what I've realized is that my job 
our job is far different than what I had thought. I sort of had this idea that, 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 that people would come in and there'd be like, I'd be able to give them a diagnosis. You know, that I had all this great spiritual knowledge and I'd be able to diagnose them. And I don't see that as the job anymore. I, I don't really have easy answers that way. If I have an answer, it might be this. And it comes down to one word. Softness. Softness. Can we just add a little bit of softness to our relationships? Just a little bit. Just a little bit of tenderness. A little bit of curiosity. A little bit of wonder. I mean, that goes such a long way. It was, it was uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting last night. You know, last night I went to my first NFL game ever. I've realized that about prisoners. They're all very generous, except for when it comes to NFL football games. And, and so I went to the game, and for those of you who are watching from Phoenix or Atlanta, or I saw we had a, somebody from, uh, you know, texting in from Florida, another person from California, it was cold here last night. It was really cold. Way too cold, especially if you're bald. And, and, you know, and I, I'm just sitting there like so cold, so cold, so cold, so cold. And, uh, you know, and it, my wife texts me, and, she, and she's this beautiful little thing, and she said, uh, honey, did you bring enough warm things? Now, there's just a little thing, right? That's just, that's just a little love language thing. That's just a little piece of softness. That's all it is. It's just a little bit of softness. Just, you know, another little funny one. This is a bit of an aside. For those of you who aren't aware, we do a special service for kids every morning at 9 o'clock from 9 to 9.10. They can watch it throughout the week. It's just family Bible stories with Pastor Chuck. And I told him this other very sweet moment. So, so as I'm sitting there, like, you know, shivering with, with my dear buddies, and, and this one guy's walking up, and he's like, sir, you look cold, and he handed me hand warmers, you know, the little, the little packet things. Just another little piece of softness. And folks, with this, with this, I think we have to remember again and again that sometimes with these really stuck relationships, maybe the best thing we can say is this. Let's try again tomorrow. Let's try again tomorrow. I personally am not a big believer in the marriage advice I hear at almost every wedding I do, which is don't ever go to, get, go to bed mad. Like, good luck. <laughs> but despite that, we can say, look, it, t today's just not working. Let's try again tomorrow. As I said last week, quoting in Lamont, it's never the bottom of the night in the spiritual life. So let's try again tomorrow. And I, and I want to share with you something a, a wonderful couple shared and a beautiful piece that, oh, it's a little teary to think about, who's, who's had a challenging year, you know? And it's, it's just this reminder again of first things first. It's this reminder again, yeah, we just wake up the next day and we try again. Here's this beautiful part. This was from Facebook, and I share it with their permission. This was at their three-year married anniversary. 
It is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Although the picture shows the two of us holding a candle that signifies us joining together in marriage, this picture also reminds me of what we experienced in the last final months of 2021. What we went through as a married couple, new parents will forever be in the back of my mind. And it made me realize what's truly important in life and that this life is really way too short. We call this our small bump in the road. That is the understatement of 2021. As we travel the road, which will be a very long road, I realize that some roads lead to dark tunnels and the end of every tunnel is light. There's always light in the end of each tunnel. Those are words to live by. Those are words that can start to, to, to shift our life into incredibly beautiful ways. And, and what we start to do is we start to see this idea of a lock, a lock in a different way. We had this idea, again, of a, of a lock that, you know, I have my pieces, I have my nice little package, and in my nice little package I have my nice little judgments those nice little things that I quote-unquote know about, people 100% sure about them. That is the road to stuckness, by the way. And, and I'm going to actually lock them up. I'm going to lock them up. But there's a different kind of lock. And I'd ask you to look at this picture up here. The locks on the right is a beautiful European tradition. Have any of you seen this European tradition? It's a great tradition. So after you get married, you go over to a bridge and you put a lock on it. So it's no longer this, this lock about like, look, I'm going to lock you behind all my judgments. It's a lock that's now built not out of judgments and not out of, out of knowledge, about, about of what we're sure we know about other people. It's a lock that just says, I'm here. I love you. We've crossed a bridge. We're going to honor that. It's a very different kind of lock, a very different way of, of sort of working ourselves into the world. And it's where we might be able to find the stars that will lead us home again. The true north pieces of softness, of asking the question, what is love asking me to see here? What's possible here? And in this relationship, where can there be a fresh start?
Church Live, this is Angela. I just wanted to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. And the best way to do that, no matter when you watch the service, is to donate online. So if you're in person or you're watching online, you're viewing it live, or you're watching it a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, the best way to make a donation is to go online and make a donation that way. Um, you can do it on our website. You can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, um, or you can use the QR code below. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Angela. To close here today, folks, again, thinking about the way this can look in our lives, and, and, and that idea, really, let's, let's just get a breath here. And just think about what it would look to find a relationship that you could somehow, somehow make a way that it didn't feel as stuck. Where it somehow, somehow felt a little different, a little more free. The beautiful part is, as we saw in these, in these text messages, is, uh, you know, there's, there's, you guys know how to do this. Love is understanding life through their eyes. Goodness and divine creation in others from my doubts, fears, and judgments, qualities and activities, kindness, potential. Love asks us to be our true selves. Love asks us to understand and accept others. We can't change someone else to fit our ideal. 
Love asks us to see what the Lord sees in each of us. A future angel trying to be better. Hear the softness there? The beautiful softness. That's the world we're called to. As you go through, again, it's, it's things that we do together. I do want to invite you. We have some activities with all this stuff, you know, small groups, one-offs, different things we have to support furthering this conversation. And you can find that on our web page. Many of you are actually watching on our homepage right now, www.newchurchlive.tv. A great place to go and a great place to think about what that future could look like and actually be in a conversation with people who are trying to do the exact same thing you are which is to make the world a little better. Amen. What I'm going to do now, folks, is I'm going to do a, a prayer and a blessing, and then we're going to have a wonderful last song. I do want to invite you to a special service we have coming up. It'll be part three. We actually have Ms. Universe will be joining us next week as we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. She has a wonderful story. She went from being homeless in, in Philadelphia to being a very successful attorney and just got named Miss Universe. And I am honored to be able to do her and her husband-to-be's wedding. So as they say, I'm really good at getting people to volunteer to do things. And I got her to volunteer to come and be with us next week. So hopefully you can join us then. So folks, join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for the beautiful music and for the beautiful spirit present working its way among us here. Lord, help us to find those places in our life where we are experiencing stuck relationships. And help us to find ways to maybe just bump those out a little more, to find just a little bit more freedom, a little bit more breath, a little bit more grace. Asking the question, what is love asking us to see here and to see in this person? Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this week, and thank you for the week ahead. Help us to live this alternative life, a life, Lord, that can be a beacon in our lives and the lives of others. Bless your ways, Lord, your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, everyone.
When I look into your eyes It's like watching the night sky Or a beautiful sunrise There's so much they hold And just like them old stars I see that you've come so far To be right where you are How old is your soul? Well, I won't give up on us Even if the skies get rough Giving you all my love I'm still looking up And when you're needing your space To do some navigating I'll be here patiently waiting See what you find Cause even the stars They burn Some even fall To the earth We've got a lot To learn God knows we're worth it No I don't want to be someone who walks away so easily I'm here to stay and make the difference that I can make Our differences, they do a lot to teach us how to use the tools and gifts we got Yeah, yeah, we got a lot at stake And in the end, you're still my friend At least we did intend for us to work We didn't break, we didn't burn We had to learn how to bend without the world caving in I had to learn what I got and what I'm not and who I am no I won't give up on us even if the skies get rough I'm giving you all my love
Thank you. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Still looking up 